Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw and it's a return for Chris Brammer. Hiya. And Ben Cartwright. Evening. Good evening, evening. Evening, lads. I know both of you are very tired, but I was in no state to uh, contribute to this fine <laughs> podcast yesterday, so I appreciate you you staying with me for that. In the last few minutes, Stoke have been drawn away at Shrewsbury, brackets Shrewsbury, question mark, <laughs> in the FA Cup third round. Uh, Chris, are you relieved to have avoided a big club? Uh, yeah, in the... Y- yes, yes, I am I'm relieved that we've avoided big, big clubs and clubs of similar sizes. Uh, there was a moment where I thought we were going to get Derby, and I worried and got scared. Uh, but yes, but it gives us a good chance of a nice of a nice day. Gives us chance of a cup upset as well, which is <laughs> always fun. Um, but no, it's nice. It's nice. I don't think I've ever been to see Shrewsbury play or Shrewsbury or whatever. Um, so we, we might get to go to it. You never know. But yeah, it's a, it's a nice little draw, isn't it? I once met a man who supports Shrewsbury purely because their shirt is in Spinal Tap. And now <laughs> he ends up going to follow them all over the country to places like Hartlepool and Newport and, you know, as far north and as far south as it goes. He's not actually from Shrewsbury either, so... Uh, There's a radio doc in there. You know, there is yeah, that, a podcast in that. Yeah, in a, in a sense, Ben, I'd like to ask him, who are you? And <laughs> find out that story. That sounds good. Sounds like an interesting podcast concept. Um, but Ben, I think I'm not emotionally ready to visit a Premier League ground right now. So uh, are you kind of the same as me that even if we'd have got uh, perhaps maybe a you know a winnable Premier League home game against like Huddersfield or Cardiff or even drawn Man United, Man City, that I, I'm just kind of, I'd, I'd feel like a bit sheepish about seeing these teams again because I've I, I just yeah. they, it, it's lost it it's lost any kind of um, power it had going to a big club you know I I, I I might kind of disagree I think it would have been nice maybe to go to a Premier League club and, and show them because I think in the last couple of weeks we have kind of improved it would be fun and this is a big if if we could go there and win um, obviously that's not guaranteed but I feel like a an FA Cup draw seems very different to a Premier League Cup draw. When when we're in the Premier League, it's it's sort of like anyone below the Championship, Championship and lower, you're going to beat them. Now I'm kind of like, oh Shrewsbury. Uh, I don't know how to say the, I don't know how to say a team name, and also it just seems like a bit of a banana waiting to be slipped on. Um, but no, I I, I mm. mean it's it's probably a good draw. I just think. In the championship, basically, what I didn't want to get was another championship side, and it was like, oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. This, that's going to happen. So, anything other than that, I think I would have been happy. Um, obviously, it's always nice to see sort of the the proper lower league teams going up against the big boys, which I think happened a couple of times watching the watching the um, the draw, which is great. Um, and obviously, we've seen it and done it many times. So, to take away from them, obviously, being a bit sort of, I don't know. I shouldn't say that actually, but um, <laughs> <laughs> <wrong> word. <laughs> being a bit uh, soft about I don't know, being a bit yeah okay we'll go with soft so, so, yeah it's nice to see teams get uh, the lower teams get a big team um, but one sort of takeaway point from the draw that I would sort of 
introduced into the mix is, oh my goodness, Paul Wentz is so annoying. Like, <laughs> I, I know it's been said before and it'll be, say, it'll be said again, but come on, mate. You're, he's on TV getting filmed and he's like talking to the audience like, I got you that one, bro. I got you that, I got you that number. What are you doing, Paul? Like, there's, there's literally one of the most important cup draws in English football going on right in front of you. Stop talking over Lovely Rude. Or Mark. <laughs> uh, the, when we were pulled out, uh, Mark Chapman said, uh, Paul's, ta- uh, Paul's son, Tom, plays for Stoke City, of course. And just the look of shame on Paul's face yeah. there, <laughs> thinking, oh, I should have been into Milan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Alas, not. So, uh, Shrewsbury, local, uh, uh, new away ground for people to visit. Uh, God knows how many tickets we will get for Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury, of course, nearly came up last season. They were very, very unlucky not to. Lost in the playoff final to Rotherham. Mm. Um, but they've appointed a new manager this very day. Um, Is it Mark Hughes? To remind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's not Mark Hughes. It's uh, is it Sam Ricketts? Oh, okay. I, I want to see. I want to say it's Sam Ricketts. I'm none the wiser yes. as to, um, yeah. to to what that means, but yeah, for them, he is the former manager of Wrexham. Okay. Uh, and I think he played for them as a player or something. Uh, but you've 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 brought it up there, Chris. There's other football news happening today, and I didn't see it coming, lads. I was just <laughs> complete. Completely taken aback. Mark Hughes has been sacked as Southampton manager. No word yet on Robbie Savage's location. I've <laughs> heard rumours he's driving to Dundee in his bare feet. Uh, but is it is it just one of those told you so stories? Well, I think it's too soon for Southampton. I think they should have given him more time. Uh, I don't think you know he's a he's a he's a good manager, isn't he? Who else is going to do it? And I think Southampton, you know, he saved them last season, didn't he? Like, what what more do they want? What's the issue? <laughs> no. You, some fans are just ungrateful, Chris. Some some fans uh, at Southampton have forgotten where they've come from. Well, that's just it. They were in League One, weren't they, Chris? They were, exactly. And what, what, are they, what more do they want? What more do they want, it, eh? They should be, they should be thankful... That they even have a football team. Bloody Johnny come lately. Oh, I like to be entertained. Oh, I, I prefer my team scoring goals and winning games. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have opinions on the, the team at all. <laughs> Ungrateful swine. <laughs> the, feel sorry for Mark Hughes. He should, he should be Man United manager when Mourinho inevitably gets the boot. Honestly, I, I wouldn't Poor be surprised lamb. if that happened. How amazing would that be? Basking uh, <laughs> the glory of that amazingness. But Southampton are getting linked with this Ralph Hasenhutl um, from ha- RB Leipzig. David Hasselhoff. Literally, what on earth? That He sounds exciting. Can't really say his name, so he's going to be a good manager. And <laughs> we signed Paul Lambert or Gary Rowett. I mean, come Did on. Did you see the... You see the other name linked with Southampton uh, in a kind of a Groundhog Day moment. Uh, Kike Sanchez Flores has been lined up <laughs> uh, apparently as a potential replacement. He'll just if he ends up going <sighs> to Southampton, I will I'm be just, so uh, pissed off. <laughs> so he, he don't mind. He'll just I'll take any team in red and white. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be pissed off, but like 
not because I think he's especially an amazing manager, just because he turned us down, the manager we ended up getting took us down. So <laughs> it's it's just it's just like what's wrong with us? What was wrong with us? You know, <laughs> I feel like I know the answer, and I feel like it's um <laughs> it's more perhaps money and the hierarchy of the club, but that well that remains to be seen <laughs> if if Flores ended ended up there. Um, Martin O'Neill kind of tenuously linked to Stoke Bizarre. Uh, this week, saying like, oh, he wants the job if, if Rowett goes. And uh, I did read a comment from either Nixon or Percy, one of the ITK journalists, saying he was interviewed twice was at Stoke before we ended up for for Paul Lambert, which makes you worry how bad Martin O'Neill interviewed. <laughs> <And> the <that laughs> indictment. God, yeah, could you imagine that? We should do a role play of Martin O'Neill in an interview. Hi Martin. <laughs> who's who's playing Martin O'Neill? <laughs> Martin Martin O'Neill didn't speak in the interview. It was that bad, so no one actually needs to play him. He just sat there silently, I'm, staring into Roy Keane's eyes. I'm glad you said that, Ben, because like I think if any of us had tried to do an Irish accent, it would have been <laughs> a diplomatic incident. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I think that might have been the problem Roy Keane might have been there with him on, it was just <laughs> an hour of uncomfortable silence <laughs> I, I can imagine Tony Scholes in particular just wilting under the glare of Keane <laughs> in fact there's, there's a whole alternative history to be written about what happens at, uh, at Roy Keane <laughs> O'Neill infused Stoke uh, but Paul Lambert of course the man we did get is back visiting Stoke this weekend uh, with his Ipswich Town team who have won one game all season. Uh, Some discussion about the reception Lambert will get. Uh, What do we think is the appropriate response? Uh, Booing, uh, a kind of courteous nod, uh, round of applause, or um, we give him the key to the city of Stoke-on-Trent and call the ground the Paul Lambert Stadium. What is the appropriate thing for us to do as fans i think a polite round of applause nothing too vigorous nothing like <laughs> y- come on yeah just more just like you know like Stoke fans oh. don't get as excited about that as for the current team they're not going to do it for paul <laughs> lambert's return <laughs> more yeah i'm thinking something more akin to You've gone to watch your child at a primary school concert. Another child's played a god-awful rendition of Merrily We Roll Along. You clap like, yeah, yeah, that was all right. I think that's that's the level of applause. For me, Paul Lambert's instrument is is a violin. (laughs) It's really difficult to play it right, and he tried his best, but it just didn't work out. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I, I think there's, there's, there should be applause, uh, but also we should kind of do uh, a stylized applause to kind of indicate that although we are grateful for his efforts, ultimately he did kind of take us down. So it was like, thanks for your efforts, even though you're a bit shit. So the applause, I think, should be perhaps the, the applause from the opening sequence of Friends, where they go <laughs> like that. Can you imagine that? Oh Just four goodness. quick claps. That would it be sounds a sight utterly bizarre. And a sound. More of a sound than a sight, but amazing. <laughs> I think if we were more organised to to represent that better, we could start off loudly and then just get really quiet. And that represents or... our dissent. 
Yeah. Or, or if people are uncomfortable about uh, clapping him, they can uh, clap with one hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hand clapping, so kind of clap it like that. Yeah. Okay. Or a finger. So it would sound. Can you imagine the sound of twenty thousand people do, clapping with one hand? I, can't. I want to hear what? it. Be... I can't imagine it. I want. To, I want to be able to imagine it. I've always wondered what it's like to record the podcast on a Monday evening after work rather than on a Sunday, and now now I know. You, you said you were both tired, and I regret to inform you both you are hallucinating. Um, uh, and speaking of uh, being on drugs, Tom Pope of Port Vale. Don't want to insinuate anything about Popey. He, he's a he's a valiant legend, and you know we should give him the respect he's due <laughs> as uh, you know one of Port Vale's all time greatest goal scorers. He's up there with um, you know the, the great Port Vale players, uh, Dave Brammer, um, uh, Gareth Owen. Yeah, you know all, all the greats, all the Port Vale greats. <laughs> okay. Cole Dickinson. Oh, there you go. Dickinson. Good choice. Legend. Some kind of uh, breaking news. Uh, have you seen the recent tweet from Port uh, from Popey today? No. Well, it, well, he's taken a picture of a Facebook status. I don't know why he couldn't just copy and paste. It's a bit weird. <laughs> um, but uh, Pope has put. Well, I wasn't actually treating tomorrow's game as a derby. But after seeing the ticket sales and the abuse I've had over the last week, I'd just like to say if I do play and happen to score, I might celebrate. So to all my Stoke fans, my Stoke friends, I'd just to like to apologise in advance to absolutely fucking none of you, you pie-eating blobs. Let's have it. And then uh, two yellow emojis with sunglasses. Um, ah. The problem is, uh, guys, I think the, the Vale fans are too up for this game and they're taking it too seriously. That's the, <laughs> the club, the players, the chairman... Yeah. Calm it down, lads. It's our under twenty one. Stop getting all excited. <laughs> Jeez, I've heard them keep calling it El Ceramico as well. That's just embarrassing. <laughs> oh, poor little Vale, eh? Exactly. Like they really need to calm down. It's only an under twenty ones game. God. Obviously, we're taking uh, roughly four thousand fans, but that's <laughs> how many fans go to our under twenty one games anyway. You know, oh. I, I was there at oh. Carlisle away oh, in no. the uh, Checker Trade Trophy, and yeah, there was definitely four thousand Stoke fans there that day. We're just really, really good fans. It's not our fault we're we're so massive. We are all great fans. I'll be I'll be seeing you both there, won't I, on Tuesday night? Um, uh, yes. Uh, that is if uh, nothing else happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. but uh, exciting times in, in Burslem. Uh, obviously, if you do listen to this before the game and you are going, uh, be sensible, support the lads, uh, don't don't rub it in their face too much when we win. <laughs> oh, um, Dave, don't, don't tempt fate. <laughs> Well, speaking of tempting fate, uh, I suppose transition to the draw at Reading then, which we've tried to uh, tried our best to avoid so far. Uh, after the elation of Wednesday night, we we kind of threw away the chance for a second win on the bounce. Uh, went one nil down, went two one up, and by all accounts, thoroughly deserved to win the game. 
and then Gary Rowett uh, self-defecated. Are we? How gutted are we with this setback? And do you think maybe there's been a slight overreaction to it? I'm I'm personally gutted. Like we created so many chances, and that does not happen often. So when it does happen, you really should take a couple of them and really finish a game off because the creating the chances has always been the hard bit for Stoke. So if we're now sort of starting to do it, which is lovely to see, and we've we've done it for a couple of games now, which is great, we've got to we've got to do it, and it's just classic Stoke again. It it it, it always seems to be the the same way. You get a great 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 result on Wednesday. Like you can't overestimate how great that was, which means then you can't overestimate how disappointing that draw is on on Saturday. We've got to at some point if we are going to build a playoff push start making it count the commentator said on Saturday that oh the two teams are coming together today and Stoke are looking up hoping to push on for that promotion pack that playoff pack while Reading will be looking down it's like if we are that team that's looking to get into the playoffs we've got to start we've got to start like right now and it's an absolute joke that we didn't make it out against Reading I I'm I I was personally very very annoyed. Um, I shouted oh. rather loudly in, in <laughs> anger when this <laughs> happened. Was the target of your anger sort of like the situation in general and just general like oh for God's sake Stoke or was it more specifically targeted at Rower because he's got a lot of stick for the way he approached kind of the final ten fifteen minutes trying to cling on when we were in fact dominating the game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably mo- mostly, to be honest with you, to do with just classic Stoke. I, I, it's always a weird one in those situations because the players on the pitch, they're experienced. They they need to know how to set out a game. I know that managers have this tendency, especially Stoke managers seemingly, this tendency to sit back in the last 10 and invite the pressure. How many times have we talked about it? How many times have we suffered from it? I thought it was going to happen on Wednesday. Obviously, it didn't, and it, it, we ended up with a great win. On Saturday, the players, they've got to know... Not to concede. It's, I, just, I just, I just, I don't think in that situation you can you can blame the manager. I know. Well, I know that Gary Rowett sets up sets us up sort of negatively um, quite often. Which, yeah, fine. Uh, that is annoying. But at the same time, it's the players on the pitch that are doing it. And if you can't not concede at that point, then what are you doing? <laughs> you, these players, all of them would have had the same expectancy as us to be pushing on and getting promotion, if not in automatics in the playoffs. And that's not happened. And we're drawing against a shit Reading team. <laughs> mm. Take responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and kind of what summed that up for me was the second Reading goal, the one they equalised from. They had so much time to just kind of work that ball into the box. They, it wasn't like they pumped it long and it was like a lucky flick on or a lucky bounce or anything. They had a lot of time to do it, and I'm just thinking, foul them. Just take waste some time in the final minute or thirty seconds or whatever. Else. Just kind of chop them down, use up some time, just stop the the flow of the game. And that's I don't think that's Gary Rowett necessarily so much as it's just someone needs to take some responsibility. We have had these worries about Rowett for a while, and it kind of does come to a head. Uh, you've also got to kind of take on board that. 
we were brilliantly resilient against Derby. So I understand him having faith in his team to be able to do it against Reading when we have 11 men and kind of doing the same thing that we did against Derby so well. But it is inherently risky to drop 30 yards back when we are on top. And let's let's face it, nobody thinks Reading are any good. Uh, Chris, searching for positives, Tom Ince is in absolutely fine form at the moment, isn't he? He is, he is, and it was um, was a very nice goal for him. He, he's starting, when he's in this form, he, he is a, a key player for us. Um, the main thing that is a concern over Tom Ince is that he isn't overly consistent. Uh, we, we've got a bit of a purple patch at the moment, and that's great. He's um, proved himself to be really critical in the last few games and that's good I think we need some other players to also step into that limelight and be equally as essential um, because as I say I don't know if Tom Ince will be that for the rest of the season um, but there were some other there were there were other positives I think Ben is, is right in that we, we played we played well against Reading and we we created good chances. We, we it could it, it could have been we could have had four goals in the first half if uh, some of Afobi's shots had, had gone in. It's um mm. it, it's it's unfortunate. One of the one of the positives that I I did see is I think after the derby game you saw the players almost come together, and on Saturday, in what it was a disappointing result for them, you saw that they still came together at the end of the match they were not consoling each other but there there seemed to be a bit of team spirit there and whilst no doubt they are annoyed that they've thrown away all three points in the last throw of the the dice um they they do seem to be coming together as a team now um there are yeah i think i think we played well again it was another game that i actually enjoyed watching uh, I didn't think Reading were particularly good. I thought that goal is that they, the second goal they scored was so typically Stoke. But I think the positive of us going down and then getting ourselves back into the game and into a winning position was was a real positive. Um, it's just a shame we couldn't see out the game. But yeah, Tom Ince, back to him. He's good. He's very good. Very good player. Lovely goal. I've got it on a gif on repeat that I keep mm. looking at because it is it's just a very very nice goal but say yeah. you, you don't often see volleys like that he kind of he's kind of shaping as if he's collecting it but he's yeah. managed to get the full force of the mm. ball with like the side of his foot while jumping and it's a, it down yeah it's incredible Philip. but and again as... the bar and in yeah Ooh, let's but... let's go Monday Owl on it oh when it hits the bar and mm. goes in <laughs> I support Tom Ince now. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like I think Ryan Woods had a good game. Um I think Klukas is a good player. Um yeah, this, it was it was there were some I, good I performances. I, I also enjoy Tom Ince's celebrations. He's a proper fist. Yeah. Fist, he goes for it, doesn't he? There's a bit of aggression yes. in the face, the proper fist well, bump, none of this sort of weird celebration malarkey he just loves the passion <laughs> well, I, th- 
I think after seeing his dad's face tonight, it's a, yeah, take that, dad. I'm happy. I'm all right playing football. There's a a movie idea. Talk about culture corner. Let's get that corner cultured with a film about the relationship between Ince and Incy. Ince and Incy. Son and dad. This summer. I I don't know what the plot is. Like it. Like it. Also, while we're on a relatively happy tangent, uh, long overdue goal for Benekafobe. Um, I must admit, completely baffled he started ahead of Berahino. Mm-hmm. Having uh, sang Berahino's praises after the derby game, can't still can't quite fathom it. Uh, he did miss some chances of Fobe, but I suppose he has scored. And Berahino's goals this season have indicated he can't really score from more than two inches <laughs> out. So, uh, uh, is the man you want in that kind of situation more so than Berahino. And uh, Sam Klukas, when he celebrates, he did some weird goggle celebration against Derby, but uh, in the aftermath of Ince's goal, he, uh, I think, picks a ball up and boots it into the crowd, which is uh, lovely to see. And then I think it comes back and he tries to punch it into the crowd again. I don't know quite what he was doing. But um, yeah, Klukas, uh, very easy to warm to already. Mm. On Again, I, when you don't go to a game, you, your kind of reaction to it can be a bit dictated by social media. Also, the, the fact of conceding so late, I mean, I was literally just, you know, checking and checking, hitting refresh, hitting refresh, waiting for the full time to come up and when it came up 2-2 your kind of instant reaction is anger and frustration so that can cloud a lot of things personally uh, Rauer is he's frustrating me a lot with his team selection with his in-game management which I do worry about but I think in general performances have improved if we played uh, the team we were at the start of the season, we'd win comfortably mm-hmm. 3-0, I think. Ultimately, though, he is judged on results and passing up easy wins, as we've done against Reading and in other games this season, is just kind of leaves you want just... It's it's kind of the level uh, of anger you reserve for when you stub your toe. You know, ultimately, things will get better in the immediate future, <laughs> but... But you just feel so clumsy. You feel like, oh, God, I'm, I'm an idiot. I hate myself. Why do I do this? Ah. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. So Never has yeah, never that... been as, as a point been so well made in the history of Wizard of Drivel as that. <laughs> Incredible scenes. <laughs> We're a bit toe-stubby at the moment. We're just a bit... Um, uh, who's the, is the Beano character that always kind of ends up in hospital because he's so accident-prone? Some somebody will re- uh, remember that in three years. Who's the Beano character that always just ends up hurt, hurting me. himself? I haven't read a Beano since I was about <laughs> ten in a barber shop. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. Uh, we will end with some of some of your listener questions. Uh, John Wayne, uh, predictor extraordinaire. At which level of club do we have the biggest problem? Owners, senior execs, manager, coaching team, players or fans? Goodness me. Um, I would definitely exclude fans and players pretty much right away because I don't think 
this season we have the problems of the last season on the pitch in that quite a lot of the squad didn't give a shit last season mm. I, I don't think that is the case from the players we've seen so far this season even players I personally don't rate or don't like I can't say oh they're not trying um, and I think we've got a good team I think I we've agree. got a, a team that's you know improving on its performances and, and looking more together and cohesive by the day and again I don't think fans is necessarily I think that's a cheap shot mm-hmm. In general, I think having a go at fans for either being too negative or too happy clappy can just kind of lead you down a bad cycle. I'm very reluctant to blame the fans in yeah. kind of most yeah. footballing situations, apart from when really horrible stuff happens from a fan yeah. base. Unless a unless a fan personally does something wrong, I think the comparison between fans and any other person involved in that football club or, or mentioned in 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 that question. It's mi- minuscule the impact that a fan would have, if if anything at all, compared to the owners, managers, or players, or or the exec, or whatever that was. I'm guessing that's the sort of board level people. Yeah, um, Chris, what's your instinct on this question? Um, I think that there's definitely, if you if you were to pick a an area where faults lie, you would have to say the executive staff of the club, mm-hmm. just because. I think recruitment-wise, we've been let down in recent times. Um, I agree. I think the players are no longer the baddies. I think we've got a, a group that do care now. And whilst Rauer has his critics, I don't think that he is the the fundamental issue. Um, I think it's an ex- it's more of a higher-up problem. He did, yeah. he did. And I think that it's more a place of we've got a... Oh, we, we, we did have a very complacent executive staff on board who just assumed we'd just stay in the Premier League um, and, and I think we just recruited badly so yeah it's their fault it's not the fans fault although depends what people say to me because some days I will just blame the fans <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough uh, Robin Tunstall any coincidence that Shawcross has come back into our side and we have stopped keeping clean sheets uh, interesting one. Uh, I would say correlation is not causation on this one. I don't think uh, last two games Ryan Shawcross has done much, if anything, wrong at all. Uh, you can't you can't blame him, for example, for Derby's no, goal exactly. uh, against us, no, for example, exa- yeah. and uh, him and Williams played very well that day. I don't think you can pin either of uh, Reading's goals at his at his feet necessarily. Um, I think he, I think he's been fine since he's coming back. Not amazing, but fine. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I, I was surprised when he did come back because uh, Martin Zindi and Williams seemed to be what he wanted to do at the back. But uh, yeah, I I would uh, disagree with with that opinion. Um, the big question though. Right, before the big question, we'll have this one from Rupert. <laughs> highest highest high under Hughes and lowest low. Ah. Oh. Um, low. We'll start with lowest low. Uh, I mean, the Coventry defeat that ultimately got him sacked felt... Yeah. Uh, but, in the, but at the same time, that also came with the sense of you knew he was going to get sacked after that one. So it kind it of felt like a, a kind of a, re- a relief, yeah. Um. 
going to the Spurs 5-1 was awful. Uh, I, I, I would say, though, that the game Arnautovic came back and scored in a 3-0 home defeat and we'd been locked out oh. the ground for an hour because of the floodlights. Yeah. That, that was it for me, I think. Yep, yep. I'll go with that. That or uh, when we lost to Blackburn 4-0. Ooh, yeah, in the... In the cup, yeah, yeah. Because whilst it wasn't, you know, a season where oh everything everything went wrong and we didn't, you know, go down that season, it was still on the on looking at it now. Oh, it was a sign of things to come. It was, yeah, and a real missed opportunity as well because I think that was a a fifth round tie against a ch- championship club or League One club. Anyway, uh, highest high, I think it's got to be the Man City. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. Absolutely ripping a new one out of them was just... I, yeah, I've, I've said it so many times and it keeps on coming to mind. It just makes me sad just thinking about that. So maybe it's not the happiest <laughs> moment anymore, but oh my good mm. God, we are, ne- we are never reaching those heights again, I don't think. And that is <laughs> quite a good uh, analogy for life in general, I feel. <laughs> move past you. So there we have it. I like I, I'd I'd make an argument for Liverpool, the Liverpool game six one, six one mm-hmm. uh, because that's ne- six one against Liverpool. Exactly. <laughs> when does that happen? In Steven Gerrard's last game for Liverpool, it's so funny because all it's those pe- so all those Liverpool fans. Oh, I'll buy your season ticket for two hundred quid so I can say farewell to Stephen. <laughs> oh, what we're five nil down in the first half. Lord no. You need a bit more Beautiful. accent. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't want another diplomatic incident like Fair if I tried enough. to do an Irish accent. Fair enough. Yeah. I've I've seen some comments to the effect of, oh, f- for everyone mocking Hughes, he did give us some of our best times as a Stoke fan, which is true, but I, it's kind of, like you said, Ben, that Man City game is kind of tinged with sadness mm. a little bit because... To fall from that to what we ended up becoming was quite... Mm. I mean, it's, it's just shocking. Quite a disaster. Quite a disaster. It, it's kind of like saying, oh, for the first half of its journey, the Titanic was smooth sailing across <laughs> the Atlantic, wasn't it? I mean, you're not wrong. If it didn't hit that bloody iceberg, Mark Hughes, Mark Hughes would be moaning if he was a Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> the, the iceberg has Imbula's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, but the important question I alluded to uh, is something I've been obsessing about for up to twenty twenty five minutes. Uh, from Ryan Williams, thank you, Ryan. I think he, I think he's got a bit of form for off piece questions, but I do love this. They're one. the best questions as well. I love yes. these questions because they're very on brand wizards questions. <laughs> that's what I like. Uh, Ryan Williams asks. If Stoke were to field a team made entirely of dead celebrities who aren't sportsmen, who would you choose to play? What position, and why? why? Uh, so have you? Of course, have you got eleven? Both of you, because I've no, I've uh, absolutely nothing for here. I've I've, yeah. I've been at work. I've had no time. So maybe, maybe uh, you should both Chris, say it and you pitch to me which you think it, which you think right. would be the right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, ben can Ben can referee and uh, pick his winner. Ooh. Um. Okay. Uh, uh, Chris, do you want to take us through your 11? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, I've gone for a 4 4 2. Okay, um, classic. And, I, and I'm starting in goal with um, Marlon Brando. 
My thinking, <laughs> okay. my thinking behind this being that whilst he was, he's quite a tall bloke, and he would put a horse's head in the net, and that would distract other people. <laughs> I'll be honest, goalkeeper is where I struggled the most. <laughs> I thought you were going to go something with like horse head, horse head in someone's locker or something, and and, and link yeah. it to the. Oh, the, that would have been. I wish I, but... I wish I'd have been clever and done that, bad. Thank you. Um, my centre back pairing is uh, Bruce Lee and Michael Clark Duncan, the actor from Six Mile, because he was a tall giant of a man, and they could cut. They could Green Mile. Yeah, I was going to say. What did I say? I didn't say eight, eight six mile. mile. The, six the mile. prequel to Eminem's <laughs> Eight Mile. Taping <laughs> <laughs> for oh well, eight, Green Mile that film and and other films like Daredevil. I think he was in. Uh, and, and Bruce yeah. Lee, of yeah. of all, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd be my combative uh, centre back pairing. On the in left back, the more defensive of my full backs, I'd have Charlton Heston, famous for being in the National Rifle Association. So very film heavy so far. Uh, this, however, oh, okay, don't worry, because my <laughs> my right back <laughs> is more attacking. Talk. He's more adventurous. Okay. More adventurous yeah. right back who marauds forward. Uh, so I've gone for Steve Irwin, the Australian. Oh my uh, goodness, Aussie right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he marauded forward. In the outback, <laughs> right back. Okay. Um, I've got. <laughs> Do you want the wings next or my centre midfield pairing? You go for whatever you like, Chris. All right, my centre midfield. No, my wings oh, on the right. Yeah, I've gone for. Um, some devil may care, died young attitudes. You know the type of bombing forward. So I've gone for on the left James Dean, nice, and on the right Paul Walker. On the right Paul Walker of Fast and Furious fame. Oh my goodness! (laughs) So they were. You're making me sad with all these celebrities who died young, like (laughs) Steve Irwin and Paul Walker. In in midfield, I would have. The actor Philip Seymour Hoffman, because he can play an array of roles, can't oh he? Goodness, not... So you could ask him. Oh. Yeah, he can play anything. And then my steady defensive midfielder, who could conduct the midfield with diplomacy and power, is Otto von Bismarck. Oh my goodness me! <laughs> and then a front two, uh, who uh, you know work together as a duo. Uh, have the flair and flamboyance that you need from a front two, but can also work. But um, under pressure, I've gone for Freddie Mercury and David Bowie. Oh, oh he's God. delivered it so well. <laughs> and that, that that's my eleven. That is gonna be hard to beat, uh, Chris Strikers. Honestly, um, I have a eleven also in a four four two formation. So this could be quite evenly matched. Um, so in goal, I've gone for someone who was famously a bit of a sportsman in their time. Obviously didn't play professional professionally because professional sports did not exist. But he uh, is a big presence in the net. You do not want to see him charging down on you. Uh, Henry VIII is my goalkeeper. Like that. Like that. And... I'll go for the centre-backs next. I think if this is a Stoke team, because the question did specify Stoke, you kind of want your centre-half 
and your captain to be someone who would be loved and adored by the Stoke City crowd. So for the local connection and the local presence, Josiah Wedgwood would be moulding my team from within. But also at the back, you want a bit of a hard nut, someone who will just uh, take whatever is thrown at him. So I've gone for a man, you may not have heard of him, uh, a man called Phineas Gage. Uh, Phineas Gage, born 1823, died 1860, uh, was a American railroad construction foreman <laughs> who once had a tamping iron blow through his brain. Oh, yes! He then su- he survived for 12 years after having essentially a metal bar fired through his head. Yes! So, you know, he'd be good on... Pretty hardcore. Pretty hardcore. He'd be good on You're I'm not going to get past him. Yeah, and if you... Um, if you Google him, he looks fairly mean as well. You, you would not want to cross him. And also, I've kind of thought of a bit of a hard lads theme for my backline. So my fullbacks. Uh, imagine you're a, you know, tricky winger. You are Paul Walker or James Dean for Chris's <laughs> side. So you've got got round the midfield. Who do you want to see staring down at you? Genghis Khan and Saladin. Oh my goodness, <laughs> mate. You've certainly got the experience. They are chopping you down, mate. They are chopping you down. Saladin famously defended uh, the Holy Lands very well against crusading forces. <laughs> Genghis Khan, also bit of a nightmare. <laughs> bit of a, a nightmare. Bit of, a bit of a nightmare. Quote that. <laughs> Quote that and put it on the poster. Genghis <laughs> the, the Khan, <laughs> bit of a nightmare. The, Mon- I think- the Mongol Empire... Uh, this is li- the Wizard of Dribble. A little bit of a nightmare. <laughs> I think uh, the great history of Genghis Khan is called Bit of a Nightmare, <laughs> the Genghis Khan story. Um, also, uh, a kind of local theme for my right winger, my right-sided midfielder. Uh, I've gone for someone, again, who the fans can love and get behind, and also famous for his wing play. Is oh, ingenuity, oh. ingenuity okay. with, with regard to wings? Reginald Mitchell, oh, inventor okay. of the Spitfire. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and on the left, marauding forward and uh, sweeping all he sees before him, Alexander the Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, right, so right. I don't think I've got a single. I've got to be. Oh. I, I mean, like, how can the likes of James Dean and Paul Walker compete? Against two of the greatest military generals, you wouldn't go on the pitch. History. I would not go. I would not go anywhere <laughs> near the pitch. Jeez. Well, I, I, I thought about this. I thought my team's a bit scary, so my <laughs> central midfield has a lot of light relief in it, lads. In the midfield, you want two men who kind of work together in a duo so well. Think Xavi and Iniesta. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. think. Uh, name me another midfield duo. <laughs> Glenn Whelan and think Whelan and Zonzi, you know. Uh, so two men who can play off each other so well. Uh, different, different sized men, but uh, just instantly know what each other, uh, each other is thinking. Laurel and Hardy, Aww. one big lad to block the attacks, one little lad to weave in and out. But the chemistry between them will not only lift the crowd spirits, but also kind of uh, add add that. Maybe an element of slapstick to the midfield, admittedly, but, but still. Uh, but what's new? But still, what's new there for Stoke? The Stoke team? <laughs> Ooh, let's, let's, would be let's. would be worth the admission price alone. Um, up front, you want someone who can find space in impossible situations. Harry Houdini. <laughs> 
And you also want a clinical marksman, so Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh my <laughs> goodness me. My manager is Queen Victoria. Okay. She's obviously been ruler of the British Empire, so she's got experience at the big jobs. <laughs> and Chairman Mao. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've certainly well taken different approaches to that one. <laughs> so uh, we've just I've just got the 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 thought of Bruce Lee against Josiah Wedgwood <laughs> battling in the oh battling my God. in the area. Oh bloody Beautiful. hell. It's wonderful. Goodness. Me. More questions like that, please, every thank, week. Thank you for that question. I, I very much enjoyed that. Oh uh, dear. I mean what a game it would be. <laughs> it would be bloody. It would be bloody good. <laughs> hey. Oh dear. Uh, I'm I'm calling that a high scoring draw. Yeah. Let's be There's honest. no way that I can pick between the sort of the, the elite of Hollywood and the elite of dark history. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Dean would be refereeing, <laughs> and it'd still be all about him. There are twenty-two <laughs> men brought to life on a football pitch, and it would still be all about Mike Dean. <laughs> Fantastic! Thank you very much for listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast, the the podcast you come to for all your Stokesy chat and other stuff as well. A reminder that you can uh, help support this podcast and help support our. Perhaps more less silly, or support our less silly ideas. Things like a potted history, which we want to do more on, and uh, help support the podcast in general. Help with getting interviews, getting documentaries made, because it's so- stuff where like that we're really keen to do more of. So you can support us on patreon.com forward slash wizards of drivel, and of course you can support us by leaving a review on iTunes. Generally telling your friends, doing the retweets, doing the Facebooks, doing the Instagrams, shouting out, oh, I agree with Wizards of Drivel really loudly in Delilah's bar, like, but make it like casually, like, just say, oh, 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 the Wizards of Drivel said that, uh, and I agree, you know, so, and just slip it into conversation as much as you can. Thank you, Chris. You're very welcome. I enjoyed this a lot, Dave. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, and good night. Josiah Wedgwood's Red and White Army, go on Stoke. (laughs)